Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's uh, let's go to the Toyota of Hollywood guest line. Shop over 1,500 Toyotas indoors in one of America's largest showrooms at Toyota of Hollywood on 441 between Hollywood and Sheridan. Uh, Armando Salguero, columnist, Miami Herald. Look, if you're looking for Dolphin News, he's the go-to guy, but obviously uh, covers Dolphins forever, okay? New Don Shula, cover those teams. Uh, Armando, good to have you aboard. Thanks a lot for for joining us, short notice. And, uh, well, well, first things first, you holding up okay health-wise? You doing all right now with everything going on? Yeah, no, everything is fine, Zaz. Um, You know, waiting for 2020 to get a little bit better. Let's put it that way. Uh, yeah. It's been, it's not been the best year so far. Yeah. Uh, well, let's uh, let let's you know let's honor Coach Shula here. You know, it's it's obviously sad yeah. you know when he passes away, but I really think this is this is a time where we can honor and celebrate. Uh, you know, really the patriarch of Miami sports here in Don Shula, and uh, as someone who obviously knew him very well, tell tell the younger Dolphin fan, the younger football fan today. What made Coach Shula so different? Well, you're absolutely right. It was a life well-lived for Don Shula. Uh, He passed away at 90. I think that most of us would be happy to get to 90 and do it in the manner that he did, which was as late as last season. He was popping the champagne with his his guys uh, when, you know, the Los Angeles Rams lost their final game and, uh, there were other teams that lost their final game, and that's something that they did over the years, even into his 90s. So um, let's start there. The point of Don Shula's life, and I think the one overarching um, thing that I would say was the, the, the culmination and the, the, the most important thing in his life was that he lived with integrity, that he did everything that he did in a manner that he would be proud of and that anyone that looked back on it could be proud of. And that's one of the reasons that he disliked Bill Belichick so much, because in his view, yes, Belichick is an amazing coach and did amazing things, but didn't do it in an amazing way. Uh, obviously because of the deflate gate and spy gate and other gates that Belichick has had over his career. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be the coach of the 
New York Jets one day, and I'm going to resign the next day, and I'm going to be the coach of the New England Patriots the day after that. Uh, Shula looked at that and cringed because he didn't believe that that was integrity. And at the end of the day, if you talk to anyone who knew Don Shula for any extent or length of time, it's, it's impossible to find someone that said that guy was not about truth, not about integrity, not about doing it the right way. You know, I didn't know. I didn't know that uh, necessarily his his dislike for Belichick is that a public thing? Like, was is that a known thing? Something I should have heard of before? Well, I mean, it's uh, it's fairly well known. <laughs> he said some okay. pretty public things about okay. the guy uh, later in his you know not in his career, obviously, because their careers didn't um, cross paths all that often. Belichick was with the Giants back in the 90s when Shula was still with the Dolphins. But of late, after the, the Spygate and the, you know, the other gates that the Patriots have had, yeah, I think yeah. Shula let it slip every once in a while. Okay. You know, uh, I got to sit down with him several times after his coaching career, obviously, and he always came off to me. He was very engaging. He was very kind. Uh, he was really sweet, but Armando, you can attest, I've heard you talk about it before, this was a mean guy when he was the coach, right? Well, he could be. There's no doubt about that. What's interesting is that, yeah, his players back in the 70s and even in the 80s and the 90s, they saw that, that side of him that was demanding, that was exacting, that was uncompromising. But at the same time, like one of his best friends is Bob Greasy. And Larry Zonka, who hated him, loved him afterward. <laughs> so it was they, they had certain feelings about Don Shula, the, the head coach, because Don Shula, the head coach, asked his players for what? For perfection. And a lot of people don't appreciate being asked for that and being pushed to that. But... Don Shula the person, Don Shula the person was a pretty cool cat now. Uh, you know, he had a great sense of humor, oftentimes, um, you know, at his own expense. And he didn't mind that because he knew he had a certain panache and a certain, you know, place really in the Mount Rushmore of greats, not only in the NFL, but in professional coachdom, that he could afford to take a shot at himself every once in a while. How about the relationship with, with Marino? Was that always good? Were there ups and downs? How was that? There were ups and downs. But Don Shula always, throughout that time, it was about what's best for two people. Number one, the Miami Dolphins as an organization. Number two, Dan Marino. People forget Don Shula and Marino um, in late 89, early 90. They agreed to explore the idea of trading Dan Marino. And the idea was not, Dan, you're not any good anymore. You're not the right guy for me. It, it was, Dan, we need to win a Super Bowl. You need to win a Super Bowl. Let's see what can happen. Let's explore the possibility that maybe we do it separately rather than, you know, together. And when it didn't happen – 
when he didn't trade Marino, when Marino didn't win a Super Bowl with Shula, Shula often said after the fact that his biggest career disappointment was not getting Dan Marino a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, this is a coach who won multiple Super Bowls, but I, I, I wonder I wonder how much it aided him that he couldn't do it for Marino, and you're telling me it aided him very much. Absolutely. And, you know, it's obviously that was post-career he's thinking that. If you had talked to Don Shula in 1972, before Super Bowl Seven. Uh, what aided him was the loss to the uh, New York Jets uh, in Super Bowl, what was it, three, I think, three. or whatever yeah. it was. Three, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing that ate, that aided him. In fact, he said at the time, you know, um, yeah, I've gone to a lot of Super Bowls, but um, I haven't won any. So that's not such a great, uh, that's not such a great mark on my resume. Obviously, afterward, it was as much a relief as, uh, you know, a cause for celebration that he won Super Bowl seven, and they culminated their perfect season against the Washington Redskins. We got Armando Salguero, Miami Herald columnist here with us, of course, longtime Dolphin beat guy, covered Shula, covered all those Dolphin teams. Uh, tell me, though, uh, Shula, when we get into the 90s, uh, how 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 was how did he adapt to the new style of play? Obviously, with Marino in the mid '80s, we're passing the ball a lot more with the Dolphins. But then into the '90s, and of course, he got pushed out for Jimmy. Was the game passing him by? Like, how was he when it came to leaving? How badly did he want to stay on? Yeah, that's a great question. Because so, how did he adapt to the new style of play? I would say, and I'd submit to you that. He helped create the new style of play because here's a guy that won back-to-back Super Bowls running the football, a guy that went to the 1983 Super Bowl with the number one running team and the number one or number two defense. He had a formula for success. And then the curly-haired kid from Pittsburgh shows up, and that guy can throw the football. Was Don Shula going to hand the ball to Andra Franklin? you know, 35 times, or was he going to let Dan Marino throw the ball 35 times? He chose, I'm going to throw the ball 35 times. And overnight, almost, from one season to the next, the Miami Dolphins were no longer a, you know, three yards and a cloud of dust and play good defense. They were Air Marino. And that was fine with Don Shula, and he had the vision for that. So as far as you know, what the NFL became, uh, you know, he had that 48 touchdown season, obviously with Marino. And then there was a follow-up years later, the 44 touchdown season. That's not that big a deal right now. Back then it was, you know, breathtaking and it was unheard of. And it was like, what is the deal here? So Don Shula really was the author of that because he recognized the talent that he had, obviously, on his hands. Later in his career, yeah, he mellowed. He was older. He, you know, he was 66 in his final season. And, you know, he had lost his first wife. He had remarried. 
things change in people's lives and people change. And obviously he did. But when he stepped onto the field, he always demanded the same from his team. Didn't always get it. Obviously never got perfection again, but he always wanted that perfection. What was he like that day after press conference, after losses compared to after wins? Uh, he, you know, he, Don Shula was a realist and he wasn't, you know, modern day coaches, they try to spin. There was no spin in Don Shula. Don Shula wasn't uh, worried about getting fired or someone saying that his team was unprepared. Uh, he wasn't worried about what the owner might think or what the general manager might think because he was fricking Don Shula. And so <laughs> he often just let it hang out. He often told you, look, this was, I remember after his final loss at Buffalo, I think the Bills ran, ran for 346 yards or something like that. Mm-hmm. And a downcast Shula after that game is like, this is embarrassing. This is not the kind of uh, performance I would ever want to be associated with. This, there's no excuse for this. Nowadays, a coach would come out there and go, hey, we just had a good season. We were in the playoffs, and I'm really proud of this team, and things are going to be good next year. That wasn't Don Shula. Don Shula wasn't about to sell you a bag of goods. He was going to tell you the truth. We got Armando Salguero, Miami Herald, here with us. How uh, do you have maybe a, an incident in particular where uh, where the coach Don Shula got particularly angry at you? Yeah, um, very much. So he, for whatever reason, and maybe it was just favor or whatever it was, he seemed to like me. And what I would do is when they moved up to Davy, I knew that every day he would run at noon. So in the off season, I would drive up there and come around noon. I'd be sitting at the, they had a little steel bench that was just outside the locker room. And I knew when he came off the field from his run that he would come over and just talk to me and I did that for months and months and years and months, except that one year uh, I wrote what it was like for the Dolphins to be on the road, what it's like for Don Shula on the road, what it's like for the coaching staff. And part of the story included the fact that he liked um, beer put in his, uh, in his, you know, little refrigerator at, in his suite on the road. Okay. And, you know, I wrote that, and I didn't think two things about it because it was true. Right. He freaked on me. And uh, the, the next day that I did my little trek to the steel bench, he comes over and he starts to just destroy me. I can't even repeat what he said. Well, what was the problem? Um, basic, well, what's the problem is you don't want your FCC uh, uh, license pulled. But his problem was uh, that, again, going back to the integrity, he believed that me writing that he had 
a case of beer put in his refrigerator on the road made him out to be like a drunk. In fact, he said to me, you made me look like I'm, I'm, I'm an alcoholic on the road. And I'm like, Coach, I didn't say that you drink all 24 beers. I didn't say that. Uh, as a matter of fact, I did make the point that it was for him and his coaches and guests. Uh, but he wasn't having that. He was very angry at me for that. Uh, but to his credit... He was angry at me that afternoon. The next morning, he called me and he goes, are you driving up? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I said, yeah, I, I am. He goes, okay, uh, I'm going to run later today, so be here at 1 instead of noon. It was like it didn't happen. So it was like he had forgotten. Meanwhile, yeah. I cried myself to sleep that night or something like that. <laughs> uh, finally here, and I'll ask you the same thing I asked uh, John Clayton about. It. The professor joined us a couple uh, about an hour and a half ago. Uh, his, he, obviously, he's the all-time wins leader. Uh, Belichick is 55 wins, regular season wins behind him. But with all the changes going on in New England right now, and what looked like it's an attainable record for Belichick, uh, Shula may wind up still sitting atop that for uh, the very long future. What do you think of that? So Belichick's got to average, what, 10 wins plus a season uh, over the next few years. For six years. And he's already for six years, 68. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's 68 years old. So, yeah, it's it's he's got a ways to go. Um, and if and when he passes that, Let's see if he gets a perfect season in there somewhere. I don't think he will. All right. All right. Uh, Armando, excellent job. We appreciate you spending some time with us on such short notice. Uh, really uh, important day for everyone to remember, Don Shul, and obviously uh, you got great perspective about it. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.